Welcome to the second episode of the highly f- caffeinated fitness queen. That's the one. Is that right? I'm not even going to look at it. <laughs> I think that's right. Uh, so yeah, so episode two. Uh, how are you doing, Shona? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, yeah, it's a bit chilly here today and it's uh, a bit cold in the studio. So we're kind of hiding in your treatment room but it's warmer yeah. to do this. So yeah. All good, all good. Uh, so we've got five questions today, so we'll kind of take our time on it. Um, and we'll start off with who has the biggest butt? <laughs> I think we'll both attest t- to having... It's got to be me! I'd say it's me, but you say it's you. I think yours has more of a shelf to it. Like, you could probably sit something on it, like a cup of tea. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's probably because of both. <laughs> lordotic, lordotic curve rather than my arse, to be fair. Uh, and the fact that my hip flexors are non-existent. Um, so Mine's yeah, got a bit more cushion to it, I think. It's a bit like a space hopper. A bit of a sp- space hopper. <laughs> Do you remember those things? I used to use them to like just like throw at people, catch them by the ears and then just launch them. <laughs> just volley somebody. <laughs> killing somebody with it. But they're always the best ones on um, YouTube as well, watching oh, folk getting dear. melted by them. <laughs> cool, so that's the first question. Uh, the answer to that one was, we both think each of us has. Yeah, so, a tie yeah. on that one, I'd say. Yes. Question number two. What is the biggest, what is your biggest hate in the fitness industry? And we'll tie it into the next question. And what would you change about the industry? Mm, I think my biggest hate in the industry is what people would dictate as a, a healthy physique or a fit and healthy physique. Um, because I think people have this, I don't think it's a brainwashed mentality, but they have this idea that the the stick thin, slim look um, is healthier than perhaps maybe a, a person who is mildly overweight. Yep. Whereas if you break it down and look at the health aspects, so the skinny person could have really, really bad, poor nutrition. Um, they may also have a resting heart rate of like 90 to 100, whereas the slightly overweight person could have a very, very good healthy diet, albeit they're over-consuming food, which is why they're overweight. Um, but they have a very low hip resting heart rate because they're very fit and healthy. So I, I think what annoys me is that people think that automatically a skinny frame is equals health. Yeah, I think it's, it's that the diet, um, anti-diet thing, isn't it? We are yeah. at either end of the spectrum, whether you're too skinny or you're too overweight, there are going to be issues that will come up at some point. Yeah. And unfortunately, science proves that and your opinion on uh, your opinion on that really doesn't mean anything when it comes to the fact that the science backs up that at either end there can be issues. Um, but yeah, I think as well we also have a massive... A massive thing in the industry where you see people. Well, like I posted this morning that ninety five percent of the people that you follow are in the five percent of people who are in really ridiculous shape all year round. Yes. Because they're professional athletes yeah. and that's what they get paid to do. Yeah. So. I like that post actually. That's quite good. So I think it's one of those strange ones where we think that having an eight pack's healthy. In actual fact, you don't actually know if that is healthy or not. No. You, and for a lot of people, it probably isn't. Uh, and it's not, we're talking, we're not even talking about healthy for your body. We're actually talking about healthy for your mind. Yeah. That can be a real mental challenge to get into such good condition. And also, we've got to think about things like people are pharmaceutically um, 
pharmaceutically advanced as well. So there are yeah. people are taking quite a lot of things to get to that to get point. To that degree, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, I think BMI pisses me off a little bit as well sometimes because you and I on paper are probably obese. Well, I'm, I think I'm morbidly obese. <laughs> Are I'm you mor- morbidly obese? I think I'm morbidly obese, but... It's so funny, isn't it, to think that when you look at someone who is fit and active and then they're deemed as yeah. morbidly obese. I'm obviously cutting down, for a, <laughs> cutting down for a holiday at the moment and I'm st- my abs are coming through, but I'm still classed in the obese category. So it's a bit of a... I get it, it's used by doctors to scare people into making yes. change. I get that. But at the same point, there needs to be potentially a better way of looking at stuff. A better way of judging, judging yeah. how fit and healthy you are, and there are plenty of ways to do that. Like there's loads of different tests that they could use, but it's the unfortunate thing is BMI is very easy to do. It's yeah. just a simple calculation rather than having somebody stuck on a treadmill potentially doing their VO two max. Oh well, yeah, you wouldn't do that with you a know, fifteen minute GP appointment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's probably Ooh. the issue with it all, isn't it? I think it's it's, it's about time as well. So. Yeah. My biggest hate in the industry, we're going to be here for a fucking long time. Um, I've got too many, probably. Um, top three, give me top three. Top three. Um, top three, one is the use of mental health issues to sell programmes or fitness-related shit. Oh, I didn't think you would put that as your top three. That's one of my top three. Like, I f- absolutely detest that. It's this thing where people start... We have to all remember that a lot of us are personal trainers or coaches. That's what we do. We're not therapists. So, you know, turning around and saying that, oh, yeah, I've got this program that's going to help you, you know, stop being depressed. Like, fuck off. Like, you're not a counsellor. You're not a therapist. You have no qualifications in this industry, in that industry. So why are you trying to get involved in that? And also, that probably ties into the next one with the people preying on the naiveties of others. And this comes across in working with clients, but also working with like, other coaches. So, you know, you have, you have, let's put it from like a client's perspective first. So um, this is why things like Herbalife and Juice Plus are still so popular because they tap into the weakness that somebody has of, mm-hmm. I feel shit, I need to lose weight. And these people are like, all you need to do is have a shake a day and you'll lose all this weight and you'll be amazing and you'll look immense and all this stuff and yes. actual fact is, which is utter bullshit you're 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 manipulating the the you're manipulating the, the insecurities of someone yeah it's that sort of age-old thing isn't it just know your lane yeah and i think yeah and i think on the other side of it is like we you know you've worked with a business a business mentor i have as well but we know that those people have done what they've, what they, they we know what their track record is in an industry, mm-hmm. and you get all these fucking idiots who come out after having been failed personal trainers, literally three months they've been shit at it, yeah. and now they're trying to tell people how to be a a a fucking hundred thousand pound a year coach. You're like. You fuckers know nothing. You're all you're doing is the reason yeah. that you're making that money is that some poor bastard's paying you ten grand. Uh, yes. So you get ten poor bastards paying you ten grand because they want to make it as a coach and that's how you're making your money. So, you know, yeah. I think that kind of preying on the sort of insecurities of people mm. is something that a lot of people in this industry do. And I'm not saying that that's I'm not that's probably casting aspersions over a lot of people, but I know there are a a, a lot of very good 
quality coaches who wouldn't even step into that to actually try and sell and that's yeah. how it should be you shouldn't be the whole point of selling trying to get somebody to take us coaching is to empower them and to pick them up and lift them and make them not make them feel like shit about mm-hmm. what make them feel like shit and put them down um, the fat diets are a funny one though because I, I, I understand that the principle is there and if you consume or eat in a, in a deficit you are going to lose weight so yes it, ugh, there's kind of uh, kind of pros to it because the, the general yeah the general principle is there but it's just oh it's just so extreme though isn't it the fat yeah. diets you get loads of clients coming to you and they've just gone through such extreme measures to get to that degree they then have this false um idea of what it takes to get into good shape so yeah well that's it well it's like herbalife it's like the claim that is that it's like some kind of magical potion all yeah. it is it's, it's calorie restriction because yeah. you're you're missing you're skipping two meals a day having a low calorie shake and having one meal a day all yeah. that is is virtually it's intermittent fasting that's, yeah, that's much, all it yeah. is and that's i think the issue that we have is, is that so many of the, these things come from the the issue is not what's happening well it is because it can be kind of dangerous for a lot of people because it sets off potential things like eating disorders mm-hmm. but it's the, the miss or the non-education of afterwards so a lot of diets pretty much any diet that causes restriction of calories is going to work but is it a long term probably not because it's going to fuck with your head yeah. and b are the people that are giving you are they teaching you all the stepping stones that you need to do to maintain this when you come out the other side probably yeah. not and that's the biggest issue with absolute morons selling Herbalife because they've got a three hour indoctrination of how to sell supplements yet they now claim that they're nutritional experts yeah. you're not a fucking nutritional expert you're not even you're not even an expert in fucking supplements all it is is that you're trying to sell stuff to people so yeah they're probably my two I don't know what I would class as <laughs> my or two but I think we could be here for a while if we were going to do any more yeah. so yeah, that's that's um, the biggest change. We probably need, we probably need a little bit more um, of an overview about people's qualifications. Yeah, I think that you should have to. And there's been so many over the years. You'll remember reps. I yes. think Sim Spa is one of the ones that they use now. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you, they're all bullshit. Like they're all crap. When I was with reps, all the courses that were aligned to reps were genuinely shit. They took the all was a tick. It was tick boxes. We need to we need to upscale and upskill ourselves to a high level to be able to work with people, and that's what we do regularly with the courses that we do. And a lot of the courses that we do probably wouldn't come under the the umbrella of conforming to reps or sim sparring like that because they people don't want it because it costs so much money to get them linked to that and actually it's you know it's it's people can go and learn these things themselves and i think the issue is is that we don't have anybody that you're not held accountable i'm guessing gps have got a they'll have a a a union body that you're held accountable with yeah Yeah. and i'm not saying that we need to spend a fortune doing it but you need to keep your knowledge moving forward because let's be like over the last year how many different things have probably come up in the last year that we both went shit i didn't realize that and actually last year the the last year somebody else told you something completely different yeah it changes all the time it's constantly changing yeah Um, 
And I think that's probably the one thing I would say. I think um, that one, and I, th- I think a lot of people need to be taken aside and asked, Do you are you really here to help people or is it all about the money? Because yeah. if it's all about the money, go and work in finance. Yeah. Go and work in a bank. Don't do the PT side of stuff. You're here to help people. Yeah. Like Money is an offshoot of what we do. Like I love doing what I do and I'm very lucky that I make money doing that. But it's not the money that... Yes, money obviously motivates me, but that's not the that was not the motivation when I came into the industry. Yeah. The motivation was to help people. So I think if, if we could get a, a crossover of some sort with the NHS and the fitness industry, that would be good. But yeah, as you said, I think money comes into it too much for the government. But yeah, I think I think that's probably a big one because you know they're you know at one point they were talking about doctors giving out exercise advice, and it's exactly as you mentioned before. Yeah. It's about staying in your lane. These like GPs are extremely smart don't get me wrong you're extremely book smart etc but do how many of them actually know how to fucking write a program or yeah. or set up set up a set of programs for a client wanting a certain goal and also when do they have the time they don't have the time to see anybody at the moment as it is you've got fucking people yeah. getting phone appointments like don't give them any more work like this is the whole reason the fitness industry is here where we need to be used yeah. so yeah I think that would be probably the other one that I would say that um, a change in the industry would probably be quite good um, is to have a bit more joined up thinking between the NHS who obviously deal with people with um, physical um uh, health issues that can be that can be helped by exercise mm-hmm. and they should be outsourcing to the people in the fitness industry to do this yeah. so yeah I think it, that would be a that would be a good one anyway let's get a little bit more uh, will you be taking time off over Christmas <laughs> um, from eating absolutely I plan on eating my body weight and food from training... That's a lot, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, from training, probably not, to be honest. I, I really go by how I feel over Christmas time. If I'm enjoying the company I'm with, I'm not going to leave and go, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I need to leave for an hour and a half to train. Um, you know, I'll probably take the day off. But if I feel good, which I'm hoping I will after being fueled up on turkey and um, Brussels sprouts. Turkey and chipolata. <laughs> um, I'll probably go into a session. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um. Well, we're away over Christmas this year, so oh, we're so we're going on holiday, so we're in the twenty second. So, but I'm I've got to be honest with you. I'll I'll play it by year the same. I have to be honest though. I genuinely still need to try to get the same number of sessions I get in, even on a time a downtime. Oh, mainly, mainly just because you. yeah, just because I, if I don't, I end up walking around like a half shut knife. I feel crap because yeah. you get stiff, you get sore. So I need it to. to Mine just like training for mobility when I'm yeah. on holiday. Um, yes, I yeah. definitely need it to keep loose. <laughs> so yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, taking time off, yeah, be taking time off um, working with in cl- in person clients. Still be doing online stuff, but I'll be I think nearly three weeks this year, which is unheard of for I me. I'm normally I'm work. Yeah, I normally work <laughs> work between Christmas and New Year, but I'm not around at this point this it, year. Has so. the boat got a, a gym on it? Yeah, so I'm going on a cruise, which for me sounds a bit bourgeois, and I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know. I don't and know. also, as much as I don't do Christmas, and I'm, I'm, I'm not the Grinch. Well, I am, yeah, but um, I'm like Kevin from Home Alone. Uh, Christmas is not Christmas unless there's a Christmas tree. Palm trees with fucking tinsel on them is not the fucking same thing. <laughs> so yeah, but no, there is a there's a gym there's a gym on the boat. Um, What's your head feel about doing squats on a boat a boat that's rocking? It's extra extra balance, isn't it? <laughs> 
it's not real. Uh, no, nah, I don't know. I, the, the gym looks all right, so yeah. I'll probably, I'll be honest with you, as I say, mine's is not, I'm not going to be going out there to try and set any PBs. It'll just be yeah. genuinely ticking myself over, keeping myself loose, loosey-goosey. And then obviously having some downtime just to allow, because I don't know what, like, this is probably the first year where I've actually felt knackered by this time of year. Yeah, I just feel tired. And I don't know why, like, I've, there's nothing's changed, there's nothing, but I, I, I'm normally that person that's like, I'll, I'll rest when I'm dead. Like I'll yeah. just keep go. I'll, I'll just drive myself into the ground. But I think I'm at a point now where I think as of the twenty first of December, I'm ready for some time out. <laughs> old, uh, yeah. old, <coughs> old. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Retirement is retirement is beckoning. It's uh, going on a cruise. That's exactly yeah. what fucking retirement sounds like. Oh dear. Um. Cool. Um. And. It's, but at the same point, I think it's one of those strange ones where folk are like, if you want to take time off over Christmas, take time off over Christmas. Yeah. If you want to eat a little bit more, eat a little bit more. If you want to still stay in control of your calories, stay in control of your calories. There's no right or wrong answer about no. what you do over Christmas. And I think that's that thing where everybody, like, we'll see this coming up probably the next, oh, probably the next yeah. five days of every single coach giving it, just eat the donut. Or, you know, you can always say no to the donut. It's like, <laughs> fucking, like... Adult yourself. I know. It's so funny. I just it's one of those ones where you just I just I don't even get I don't get involved in it. I just say as long as it's not at the expense of your happiness, do what you decide to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, people also think that food equates to happiness. No, it's not. Like cal we 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 socialise for the personalities, not the calories. Like we are obviously at New Year, we're I think there's a few folk coming round to ours and I'm gonna cook. So it'll be Indian food, so I'm gonna try and extra spicy please, Daddy. For da- yeah, so pissed off. Daddy's <laughs> Daddy'll, Daddy's butthole will be burning. Um but yeah, so but like that kind of stuff, like I'll probably I'll, yes, I'll eat a bit more and I'll probably when I get back to sort of back to training and stuff on in the, the new year, I'll maybe I've put on a few pounds, but it's nothing I'm going to stress about. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those ones as well. Like you know, at the end of the day, Christmas Day is Christmas Day. It's one day. Like you can, if you want to stay, still yeah. stay in control of your nutrition up until Christmas Eve. Take Christmas Day, Boxing Day off, and then back on the twenty seventh. There's no reason why you can't do that. There's no right. There's say. There's no right or wrong answers, and nobody should be made to feel that they have to stay in control. Yeah. Or you know, it's it's always about adulting yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Don't eat the five hundred fucking Reese's pieces out of the bag. <laughs> Just put it down. You don't need it. Or <laughs> I'm gonna eat it. It's, it's down to you. It's, it's life. Um. Deadlift from the floor or from the rack? Oh, we're kind of for split on this one. Yeah, you're f- you're from the floor, aren't you? Definitely. Whereas my knees are so fucked that I can't do from the floor. I think uh, lever length definitely has to come into that because if you're oh, yeah. six foot seven and you've got these really long legs, that's a that's a fair whack of height to lift a deadlift from. Absolutely, <laughs> but I think the 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 general can, or the general thought process on this one is is I will lift heavier from a rack than I will from the floor, so I can over the course of the exercise I can get more volume in from the rack. Yeah. Because I don't have as much movement pattern, but I'm still getting load in the position yeah. where I need it. Um, but again, there's no right or wrong answer. It's what you feel no. works for you. Um, you know, deadlifts from the floor are fantastic. 
are fantastic. I don't. I have no issue with them. However, I also think that they're the one exercise for me that I rarely program because they can also go really badly fucking wrong. And yeah. For people's technique when they get to a certain yeah. maximal weight, it can go to shit, and that's where your risk versus reward ratio. The risk is too high. Yeah. The reward is too low. But again, it just depends. If you enjoy deadlifting, fucking fa- like who's to like, who's to say anything about the fact that. You know, if you enjoy deadlifting from the floor, do it. Like, and you're. I think is there more glute? There is more glute emphasis from the floor, isn't there? Yeah. The range is so much greater, so yeah. you're going to get a bit of a better tie-in of hamstring and mm. glute activation, I'd say. So yeah. if you really wanted to be nitpicky about it. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'd say from the rack, the majority of the load is on the, the upper yeah. back. Because I mean, you don't need a big butt anyway, so... Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> genuinely don't need a butt. You um, don't need to. No. But I think it's that it's that strange one, isn't it? From like a rack pull to like a deadlift from like an orthodox deadlift from the floor. But then obviously you've got all the other variants as well. Romanian deadlifts, stiff leg deadlifts, sumo deadlift. You know, yeah. sumo deadlift, if you want to build glutes, is going to be the best one because that's going to bring in more glutes and hamstrings, yeah. even than a, an orthodox deadlift. So, yeah, I think it's... Um, it's if it fits your training if you're not getting injured and if you enjoy it you choose which you want you want to choose yeah. I think um, yeah so that's deadlifts but that goes for any exercise I think like how many people do you know that hate squatting but can build have built a great set of legs just using the leg press yeah I would agree with that I don't like, like squatting yeah, you, you, yeah you, you hate squatting and whereas Absolutely. I'm the opposite I actually really enjoy squatting oh, no. but my knees aren't great and I'm also got longer. Li- I've got quite long legs, so squatting's a fucking mission. Um, I feel like that instrument. What's it called? You squash it together, and it makes a noise. A harmonica. No, no, that's <laughs> not. Accordion. An accordion. Harmonica. Uh, yeah, an accordion. I feel like an accordion when I'm doing the bar. Oh, it's just everything's just no. Crumples. Crumples. Oh no. Yeah. I think it's exercise selection has to has got a lot to do with one what the goal is, two your enjoyment of that exercise. And three, if it ties in with the goal that you're aiming at. Yeah. So you like it, like for instance, Dorian Yates, who was one of the one a Mister Olympia, built some of the most unbelievable legs and didn't squat a day in his life because his back fucking hated it. I always use this as an example because I'm like, yes, he never squatted. Yeah, whereas <laughs> you've got somebody else like Tom Platts, for instance, whose legs were in fucking insane and squatted. Like, every kind of squat known to man in a session. Front squat, back squat, sissy squat, sumo squat. Like, genuinely, there was no squat that didn't go ahead in a leg session with him. And it just depends on, it depends on you. And I think that's the same way around training around it as well. You know, whether you use, for instance, flat bench or flat dumbbells will be dependent on which position you feel the the chest kicks in more and how much you can load up on it as well. So... Um, yeah, I think it's um, there's a lot to these kind of questions, which are always quite interesting to delve it into. It definitely has to be specific to your biomechanics and the way that you are designed. Yeah, exactly. So if you were saying, oh, "I want to get some, I want to get better legs," and you're seven foot two, mm-hmm. is squat going to be the thing that you can overload with? Yeah, probably, probably not. Well. 
Because you're going to, exactly as you said, it's going to be like a fucking accordion. You're literally like trying to sell tape yourself into a position. <laughs> Whereas maybe something like, you know, you put more emphasis on a leg press yes. or more emphasis on stuff like leg extensions. Because yeah. you can get better, the biomechanics of the movement are better for your, your quads. But yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably the one thing I would suggest that people do get help with from our coaches, the programming side of stuff. Like nutrition, etc. This is me being biased because, like, I love nutrition, but I fucking love training. That's my. Yeah. That's what I enjoy. And like the number of people who's, how many times do you walk into a gym and you see people in a gym, and you can pretty much, I can guess now because I've been doing this for so long, and you'll be the same. You can guess what their goal is. Yes, you tell me. Because when most guys you go to a gym, it's like they're just trying to get bigger. They're that's genuinely yeah. what most guys are. Ninety-five percent of blokes <laughs> want to get bigger. And they don't train towards that. They train, they're doing like three rep maxes on bench, which will get you somewhere and will help build a bit of muscle. But is it optimal? No. no. It's not going to, it's not as optimal as you think it is. It's great for fucking equal because you just shifted three maximal reps. But actually, yeah. if you drop the weight back, went for more reps, you get more stimulus through the muscle. And I think that's one of the things that you need to look at is for getting the, the benefit from a coach is, you know, the the expertise in that that sort of that that the, what they do yeah so yeah uh, the last question tips to stop overtraining <laughs> i find this one quite a hard one because a lot of people who are committed and determined to train in general don't normally know that they have overtrained until they have hit that point yeah so that's quite that's quite a tricky one to answer but i do definitely think that you have to incorporate rest days for a start so many clients have come to me and they're training seven days a week i don't know how they do that i don't know how they train optimally in every single session either but you should at least incorporate some sort of rest day where the body has time to obviously recover and then grow or develop yeah and i think Um, that's exact, but that's that's the exact example there is is the fact that people need to realise that a rest day or a recovery day is equally as important as the day you yeah. train because that's where your body recovers and for the next their next training microcycle whether that's the week the week following that's where your overreach happens that's where you're progress yeah. you're able to progressively overload because your body's recovered so you can push a bit more weight the big one with this kind of stuff is I think for for me is a lot of it's about adulting yourself you have to realize that more does not necessarily mean better yes like how many you know we have that um you know you've got everybody thinks that more i do the better results you're going to get no that's not how this works like your body isn't your body's not a robot your body is is a very very smart um, piece of kit but it needs recovery. Yes. It's like driving a car and keep driving it until you you run out of petrol. Like, all you're going to do is wreck the engine at some point. Yeah. Um, whereas if you keep keeping allowing it time to recover, mm-hmm. keep filling it up, the petrol or recovering and refueling and using your yeah. nutrition, this, the, the whole idea is, is that you want to be training to, the, you want to be training and kicking arse in the gym. Yeah. But if you're doing seven days a week and you're not taking any rest days, I bet you five or I bet you five or somebody trading four days a week will come in and absolutely melt every single session that you do. Yeah. Because they're more recovered than you are. They'll yeah. push heavier. They'll work harder. They've given because they've got more recovery time. Yeah. 
Think about like you know what's it like when you remember when you were when you competed and yeah. you obviously you you were doing that and at that point you get to a point in your competitive your your physique stage where you're genuinely having to train every day. Yeah. How does it feel? You're just knackered, like you're just you feel like you're going one step forward and two steps back all the time because yeah. your body just does not have time to um, recharge. How many times in how many times in that phase do you set PBs? Of, Never. Genuinely never. Luckily, luckily, if you manage to do one. Yes, exactly. You'd be like, lucky if you just hit the same numbers over that sort of last. Yeah, and what and for the majority, so when I like when I competed, and I know when you competed because I trained alongside you, numbers were dropping. Yeah. So you would be benching less, less because less, you don't yeah. have the energy. You know, you don't have the energy. You don't have. You've not allowing. There's no recovery there because all yeah. you're doing is you're you're burning the candle at both ends. And that's just that, you know, yeah. we have to realise that overtraining, I think a lot of people don't really realise the, the, the effects of overtraining. Yeah. Like, it's not just feeling tired, but it's also things like picking up niggles. How yeah. many folk do you see, you obviously, because you obviously do massage and stuff, how many folk do you see that come in with constant niggles? Yeah, I would say the majority of them that come in with injuries, I would maybe go as far as to say 90% of them is because they have either overtrained, um under recovered yep. um, and they haven't perhaps maybe worked on flexibility or mobility work in between in order to help sort of keep things loose and mobile yeah so, absolutely yeah. and i think it's it's i think people we, we, we very much overlook um the rest and recovery yeah like rest and recovery i exactly as we mentioned previously about taking time off over christmas i'm really looking forward to recharging my batteries yeah. over christmas and not and being able to recover I will still train, but it will not be at the same level. It'll be virtually a deload. So yeah. I'll be working at 50% of probably what I would normally do. It will be genuinely just probably guns because yeah. I want to look good in a pair of shorts. Oh, standard. Sat on the beach, bits of my, so, so my, 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 budgies, my budgies on. But yeah, overtraining yeah. is one of the ones that it will really, if you, maybe if it's, if it's something that you really need to help with. So what I would suggest is with this kind of stuff is, Set out your calendar about when you train and enforce rest days. And I'm not saying like a rest day can still involve going for a swim. It can involve getting your steps in because you still need to get your steps in. Yeah, I mean an active rest. We're just, yeah, exactly, active rest. But what I say, put in minimum two days of, of, our, of two days recovery slash rest mm-hmm. and watch your training move to the next level. Yeah. Like, you will see the differences that you will see if your nutrition's na- nailed down, your training's doing well, and you're recovering properly, mm-hmm. your training and your physique will change, like, tr- massively. And you'll yeah. notice it really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's just about understanding that you just need to just need to be grossome and go, do you know what, I actually need to take the rest. Yeah. Like... I think I'd probably also put in sleep in there as well, actually. I'm a yeah. massive advocate of good quality sleep recovery, and my clients will all know that because when they check in with me, I check to see what their sleep patterns are like, how many sleep disturbances they've had throughout the night, because the hours that they have to sleep have to be sufficient enough to, again, recover from the session they've maybe done the night before yeah. or the day before. So I would say sleep recovery is very important because... The fitness industry, for some bizarre reason, favours getting up at like 4am, doing the sessions, getting it in, 
you know, you can sleep when you're dead. I don't know why. Hustle and grind. Hustle and grind. It just annoys me so much. I mean, I'm happy to say I have eight hours of sleep every night and I am happy as Larry with eight hours of sleep. <laughs> I function very well on it and I can train very well on it as well. But I think as well, the fitness industry is very much about still, unfortunately, we review getting into shape or prepping like we're going to fucking war (laughs) you're sitting going oh it's all about the hustle it's all about the grind you're genuinely going on an air-conditioned gym to fucking train you're not going out to you're not going out to stand on the front line you're not going out and standing in A&E and fucking dealing with um, dealing with patients like you're genuinely going to the gym calm the fuck down like just just relax but no sleep's a massive one because sleep's where sleep's where recovery recovery and rebuilding the muscle happens and professional athletes they'll have like a two hour sleep in the afternoon yeah they do. they'll go away and have a two hour sleep lucky for them siesta yeah well like you um guy i know played football out in russia and they have sleep pods so you would do your training in the morning you would have your lunch and then between one o'clock and three o'clock you would go in and it would be darkened room you get to chew you darkened room proper temperature for you to sleep you have two hours worth of sleep and then you go back out and train for a double session and that's where your repair and recovery starts oh so God, yeah it's so good oh let's just stop we'll do, sleep we'll do, pod we'll do a sleep pod in here that'd be amazing but yes so yeah but that's that's probably the best ways to look at overtraining and that's us at the end of the questions at the end of episode two um, yes Obviously, we are. This is just this episode two. We would be massively grateful if you like, share anything that we pop up about this. Share this to your friends, family. Um, obviously, the more of listens that we get, obviously the better it is, and the more information we can get out. Uh, and if you are wanting to get a hold of us on social media, you are Shred with Shona. Shred with Shona, and I am Andy at ESG Fitness, and. You've been listening to the highly caffeinated fitness weigh-in. Yes. <laughs>